Hello, and welcome back to the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Tuesday, a rare Tuesday show, June 1st. In this episode, we welcome new friends to the Premier League. Chelsea are once again European champions. But first, Laurent, now we both know the pain of a Champions League final loss. How are you feeling? How are you coping? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, I spent the game at the Bluefoot Pub. Uh, shout out to the San Diego supporters group and uh, the team there. I sat right at the front of the bar. I stayed keto, drank a vodka and, and, and seltzer water or soda, whatever the <laughs> hell they call it here. And it was intense. It was hard. And, you know, City really were never in the game, to be honest. Uh, Werner missed shots early. Uh, things were a mess right away. You could tell. I, I watched City... You guys know all the time, every time, as much as possible. And the fact is, Chelsea were better. Chelsea had the better of the good chances early. They got their goal a couple minutes before halftime. And all we could think as City fans was, where the fuck is Fernandinho? And where the fuck is Rodri? And where the fuck is the team that we played all year? We were so afraid of Pep's Achilles heel. There's no better way to put it of wanting to tinker at the end. The last game, he'll do something yeah. weird. Uh, he'll play somebody out of position. So this time it was, oh, okay, Gundogan, you can be at the base of the, of the midfield and defend everyone. And we'll just put all our attackers on. I don't want to not have uh, Silva. I want to have Sterling too. Sterling, who's been out of form for months, been part of the, second team with Aguero, Jesus, and the rest of the strikers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and then um, De Bruyne being in a weird spot. And Chelsea were just great. And Foden was in a weird spot. He was in the middle. So I think one of the, the, the overall theme was, yes, when the lineup came out, I was like, oh, uh, okay. Pep must know what he's doing. We'll, we'll do these guys. But then you start to think through it. And as the game is going on, you're like, oh, there's five guys playing in a spot they haven't played all year. Foden's in the middle. De Bruyne's at the nine. Uh, Gundogan's at, way at the base of midfield. Um, uh, you know, Sil Bernardo's over here. You know, Mares, Mares and, and, Mares and, and Sterling are there, but they haven't played together for ages. Things are just yeah. disjointed. Um, Conte literally took Phil Foden and said, you're gone. I'm not dealing with you. <laughs> and I think, you know, Tuchel rightly identified. And again, Conte is just, he's a fucking wizard. He's a destroyer. He's a five foot five destroyer, pygmy warrior of death. And if he was, if he was six foot eight, it would make sense. But he's five foot five. He wins headers. He just stopped everything from happening and then um verner as much as he gets a lot of shit and he did miss two massive chances he was a part of the goal um he took diaz the other way left zinchenko on his own to track uh havertz and havertz came to life he's this kind of slip of a player who shows up when he shows up he took the, the goal well i mean uh, ederson you could argue had he stayed in goal he might have had he not stayed in goal he, they would have been a handball because he touched but, the ball. But that's the box. his style. It doesn't matter, right? That's his style. He's the, yeah. he's the sweeper keeper, right? And then so, second I mean, he half, 
second half, you thought that Pep might just go, okay, let's just go back to where we're supposed to go. And when he did finally bring on Gundogan, I mean, uh, uh, Fernandinho, things did look a little better and Foden did get on the ball. And there were some half chances here or there. With luck, we could have been at 1-1, especially on the on the Mares volley very late. Oh, but Aguero came on. He didn't do much, didn't really have a chance. Um, De Bruyne at, got knocked into next week to the point that he broke his whole face. Uh, he got his nose and his sock and his eye socket broken. He may miss the Euros because Rudiger just annihilated him. But City deserved to lose. And I think that yeah. was the easier part of feeling it. What's frustrating is we didn't... It's one thing to go down. It's one thing to lose. It's another thing to lose with regret. Like, just play the fucking team. We, we all could draw it up. We all could do Foden, De Bruyne, Mares, Silva, Gundogan, Fernandino slash Rodri, Zinchenko, and then the back four: Diaz, Diaz, Stones, Walker, or even even to change it up. Like Chelsea aren't attacking. Take Walker off. Put in Cancelo just to get creativity going. Like this is a guy who, for three quarters of the season, was the most innovative right back in the league, and he just kind of decides. No, I'll just go Sterling. So it was very weird. It was really frustrating. And listen, City, uh, Chelsea deserve champions. They did what they've been doing all year. I think Tuchel, Tuchel recognized in his team it wasn't quite there yet. He recognized its qualities in Jorginho as the holding midfielder who you can just give the ball to and he moves it around and keeps things going. And Conte as this defensive shield beyond comprehension like you know we we laud goal scorers we laud uh we laud Messi we laud Ronaldo those guys are great De Bruyne but I think if you if you if there's a yin and a yang to football which there is this possession football dark foot the dark arts whatever Conte and this Chelsea team were the best version of football you can play without the ball they were the opposite team they would shadow you they did good possession, but it wasn't what they wanted to do. What they but wanted they to do tenacious. was let, yeah. What they wanted to do was let you have the ball, and they would kick your ass. So they're like the the ying of they're the opposite of City in a way. It was like mm-hmm. the best version of Mourinho. It was Porto two thousand four. It was that type of team versus yeah. versus you know the light football, the the beautiful game, the Brazilian, the possession, the Dutch, the Church of Barcelona, and it won. And it yeah. does win. And that's the thing. You don't want the dark arts to win, but they did. And Rudiger and, and weirdly Christensen, how the fuck that little wisp of so, a There's a lot it's, of it's twists lost. and turns storyline, right? So yeah, from lot. the neutral perspective, that 45 minutes to start the game was breathless. It was yeah. unbelievable from both sides. I wouldn't call myself necessarily a neutral. <laughs> I hate Chelsea and I wanted you to win. Uh, so I was firmly in the city bandwagon camp. But yeah. and, and And by the way, I am really happy that regardless of the outcome that you got to go to hang out with the San Diego citizens. Yeah, it was good. And, and be, uh, be a part of that group because I, 
was in work for uh, the New York Spurs for a while, and it's really, really fun. In fact, it's the two-year anniversary of the Champions League final from you know the Liverpool Spurs game. But yeah. uh, that I remember that day, which by the way we all remember, uh, abruptly ended about forty-five seconds into the game. That but the sucks. game started at three. We got there at like ten thirty in the morning. It was like a rave in that bar, and people who I know who I've become friends with over time, uh, being able to experience win loss or whatever happened that day uh, with these people. That sort of, it was sort of my coming of age as Spurs supporter. I remember that. So I, when I saw that you got it to the bar. I was oh, it was like, awesome. Right, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It was sad. But one of the things that I'm taking out of it is, and one of the things that, this is a sort of larger a zoom out thing that is somewhat lost in American sports a little bit, is the idea of building with a group, of going through pain as a group, it's very rare in football that you just yeah. put your team together and go win. You got to build and it takes damage and it takes scars and it takes the same guys growing together. You know, if we go back to say, you know, you build, you go back to Klopp's Liverpool in the beginning, they had two seasons where they were all over the place. And the first season was one, they barely made it. He takes over in October from Rogers. They finish six, but they have a good run to the Europa. Then the next year they finish top four, but, but Sala goes nuts and they're a high scoring, crazy team. They make the final of, of the Europe of the EFL uh, of the champions league. Then the next year they push city harder. They nearly, they basically kill city by pushing him to the edge and the 98 point season. Then they had 97 and then they'd have the breakthrough, right? But they win the Champions League, then they win. So that's a three or four season cycle where you're growing and pushing and they're taking hard, deep fucking losses, right? Then I think of the 2013 uh, San Antonio Spurs. They lose in game seven to the Heat and they come back hungry for one last fucking go. with like, we're going to annihilate these teams. And they do make it all the way to the finals and they annihilated the Heat. I don't know if you remember this, but... They go on another that, yeah. level. They go like they're passing, they're playing basketball no one's seen for, for 30 years. So you have this build, this attack, this sort of growth. And I'm just kind of taking this city loss as like, we made it past one rung. We got past PSG. We got past our quarterfinal and, 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 and semifinal hoodoo. And we made it to the final. And Pep has to learn. Trust the fucking girl who took you to the party or whatever the fucking saying is. And that's just <laughs> what I'm taking from it, right? Like, if we can lose in the final, we're growing. Like I talked to a Chelsea guy today. He was like, you know, they lost two finals and they lost on heartbreak. And when we do win, and it might be a shit version of it, it might be not Guardiola. It might be, you know, it might be our Roberto Di Matteo and, and going and bunkering in and beating Barcelona one nil away in one of the greatest, most disgusting anti-football performances of all time against the greatest team of all time. Um, but to have that win happen, it's going to mean something like for city fans, we were in the champions league, like the fucking Beverly Hillbillies, like, Oh, we got oil. This is weird. What we're supposed to be excited <laughs> about this. And we really don't care. We're just like, well, we're not in the championship. I guess let's beat United. Yeah. We won the league. Oh, champions league. I'm supposed to give a shit, whatever. But now we're getting the scars and we're just like, Hey, that fucking sucked. I want to yeah. win this fucking thing now. And, and losing to Spurs on a fucking VAR and, and missing penalties and and Leon and 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 Monaco and a six six fucking away goals loss. All those things are just building the scar tissue and building the fucking pressure of just like we're gonna go win this thing and it's gonna fucking matter. 
And on that on note, I remember seeing uh, it's not even regards and, to sport. And another another in, building team, Pochettino building Spurs. That's another. Oh, don't, I know, building, I know. Building. Well, hopefully they'll be building back, and we'll we'll talk right. about that towards the end of the show. But and and on another, you know, I think I there's somebody on who did Tampa Bay beat in the Super Bowl this year? Whoever the other team was, um, there's a player who was watching the celebrations. Oh, like, Kansas like City, right outside. They had just won on the other side, and the and the um they had just won. Fine, so that's not the greatest example, but I've seen this in a number of ways, right? Where like. Uh, one guy sitting on the watching it right and so i do that with the yankees and whenever my teams lose i watch the other teams celebrate like yeah and because jessica looks at me she's like are you okay are you a fucking sociopath i'm like well that yeah you know there's there's probably a panel that should should discuss that but uh realistically what i'm doing is saying no no no. i want to soak this in right now this i want to remember this pain because when we win it's going to feel that much sweeter and that much better right so yeah and and um, and yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and and speaking of building, we'll talk about uh, another team that built straight towards the Premier League that we've talked about a bunch. But first, we've got again. We want to take care of paying the bills here and do this little live read, courtesy of Chop Sports Podcast Network. And speaking of saving money on bills, our friend Joe at Attitude of Gratitude Consulting has a very unique way to save you plenty of cash on your monthly bills. Visit, no, visit www.attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com for more info. And uh, we'll we'll make sure that you guys go to Attitude of Gratitude Consulting. They're gonna help you with your bills. We're excited to be part of the CHOP Network. That was our first ad read. And you know what? It's in the flow, it's in the moment. Next time it'll be better. It feels good. It's gonna be better right now because I mean, when we record it right now, you guys are listening to this next day, a few days afterwards. It's 10 p.m. East Coast. I am in a furious uh, shedding for the wedding sort of diet, and I hate myself more than anything. So I think about food late night more than anything. So I mean, we love snacking at the Squeaky Bum Time podcast, and man, we received our shipment of some of the seasonings that Sunflower Meadow seasonings gave to us. I mean. I'm trying my best to, to keep my fingers out of this thing, but it's really, really difficult. And I'm, I keep telling my fiance, Jessica, it's all you right now. I can't touch it because it's unbelievable. The brand new cheddar beer dip exclusively made for the Chop Sports Network. They gave us some of that. Jesus Christ, you're going to kill me. I got to fit into a suit. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. You have to try it. Do us a favor. Mention Chop Sports when you talk to Jess. Funny that we also, another Jess, and save some absolute green there okay visit www.sunflowermeadowsseasoning.com for their entire line back to you so back to the game um again from the neutral perspective pretty pretty frenetic pace sterling by the way ederson drops a dime like he's aaron Rodgers on on uh on sterling's foot bad touch doesn't get that so it was it was ticky tack back and forth for a while there you mentioned the Werner missed chances and then um, Tiago Silva goes down, tries to soldier through it and he can't, and he's got to come off. And, and I'm thinking Kurt Zuma's coming in and that's not the case, right? No, so Christensen, he comes in off the bench and I go, well, this has to be advantage city has to be. And he was fantastic. I couldn't believe that. Uh, granted he was, he was sheltered very much by Conte. I mean, who, Dude. who, who covered the play? He had some like Darrell Revis kind of coverage, right? It was one of those where like, uh, Conte so, Island, if you will. So much stuff that didn't happen because he was there do you know he won yeah. the most headers challenged 
How the fuck That's did he the do crazy that? thing. He he well, so and I think what like 25 minutes had gone by and he hit the header for a shot. It went it went high and wide and whatever it was challenged by, I think uh it doesn't matter who. Um, but so a city player had challenged it. I think it was Zinchenko. And so the he but a five foot five crazy bald man wins a header and and gets an attacking opportunity. It was it was absolutely why he was everywhere. Um and speaking of, of Conte, the goal, my takeaway from the goal. And we talked about Fernandinho not being there. That that pass from Mount hits him in the shin if he's there, right? Like that's where exactly he would be. And so that's kind of the thing that it's you know, just, going away from that first half. I was like, it's man. just it's just instinct. It's it's playing where you're familiar. It's why is Pep putting guys in places they haven't gone? I mean, the stat that I shared with you was this: City have played that's crazy sixty one games this season, and in only two of those games have Fernandinho or Rodri not played central defensive midfielder. One against Olympiacos when it was a dead rubber and the Champions League final. It's absurd. It's madness. Like, I don't yeah. know what Pep was thinking. Uh, I don't know. I mean, and we just have to give credit to Tuchel. I mean, the guy took over Frank Lampard's team and completely made it something else that could not be beaten. Do you know this story? They gave up more goals to West Brom than in the entire Champions League. just <laughs> insane yeah, that. now hold on a second they didn't their path to the final was not exactly atletico madrid and real madrid real madrid was the we you've said two what two episodes ago that was the worst real madrid team in 10 years yeah okay? sure so atletico we was had to be yeah and that's, that's what i'm saying dortmund and i would have i would have I would have rather Chelsea's path to the final. And if you go back to their group stage, they basically were playing the tops softball team of Champions League teams three times. So yeah, but I they mean, had the, the number the group, the group stage in the Champions League is doesn't really mean anything. Very rarely, unless yeah, you get a group of death. But like, yeah. Um. So you know, I, I'm trying so hard at anything Listen, I can. They to deserved take away it. From they this. deserved it. They, they did. did. No, they, they did. did. They did. They were the better team on the day. And uh, the only and it's just the only weird performance they had was that that little blip towards the back of the season and the Porto game, which they lost, even though they, it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then, so after halftime, you know, I want to talk about the Rudiger challenge because it changed the, uh, for me, it ended the game. Um, and I think, I, I don't know if it was worthy of a red. I think it was worthy of a VAR review. Like without even question. Look. Yeah. They didn't even look. And well, the so thing was, is that his heart, his arms were down. He just yes, gave him up. But he lowered the shoulder like, yeah, he, like nailed it. he was Chris Pronger. Yeah. That was like Pronger on Korea level shit. Yeah, but and it was he's but not, it, he's, and it was blind, right? Like De Bruyne t- takes the ball, turns, and his face is immediately shivved by this chiseled African German who just destroys his whole face. Yeah. He smashes his just head on the ground. Him up. Yeah. And so that's 65 or so minutes in, and yeah, it's over. That shocked the shit out of Chelsea. I'm sorry, out of City. Yeah, they were they were they were in shell shock. Yeah, I agree. The thing that that it actually reminded me a lot. You mentioned the the Real Madrid Liverpool final a few years ago. The Salah injury. Uh, It reminded me a lot of that. Clearly hurt badly, and it means everything. I mean, De Bruyne. At first, I thought as usual. I thought it was Zinchenko. I was like, oh, who cares? Because they always look the same. Whatever, Zinchenko. They do. And they both were 17. Right, right. And right. 11. Right? But then but then he pops up and you're like, oh, he's fucked up really badly. Yeah, yeah. 
Like his, uh, he's like, like, it was one of those where like he was crying when he realized he had to come off, but it was one of those, the hit, the impact of the hit welled up his eyes. Right. Yeah, it was like was, boxing. Yeah. He was really fucked up really badly. He's yeah. going to miss the Euro. So that's yeah. I know. Belgian and, keeps and thinking they're going to win things, but they're not. And Roberto Martinez was in studio, the oh. Belgium coach. And he's like, what the fuck, man? You just <laughs> KO'd my best player. This is bullshit. So, I mean, like I said, I'm uh, going to bang the table and say that should have been a red card. I think it should have been looked at as a possible red card at minimum. And it wasn't. And that's something that changes the game right there, frankly. And and honestly, I would say uh, City without at that point, kind of in that shell shock state versus a 10 man Chelsea. There's no guarantee they tie the game. But I think that would actually be a, a more fair fight, to be honest, you know. Um, yeah, it was it was rough. But again, again, City just it just didn't create anything. Had they gotten a one-one draw and gone to extra time, it, it would have been harsh on Chelsea. I mean, to be fair, um, Chelsea yeah, didn't yeah, really yeah. create anything in the second half. No, they didn't want to. No, they didn't care. But to have the confidence to oh, know, wait, yes, they did. The great American hope missed oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, chance yeah. to ice the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christian Pulisic, right? So, um. <laughs> I'm like, but, uh, but yeah, by then then I had my head on the bar. I was like, we're done. We got nothing. Yeah. 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 And, and then the, just as all who had entered here abandoned hope, uh, Mares with the little dink flink from what? 20 yards that, I mean, it looked closer on the replay than it did in real time. Yeah. And it again, reminded me of the Spurs Liverpool game of super footnote of that game. Same as Mares the Erickson chance in, in just before extra time yeah. uh, that, that um, Allison made a phenomenal save on that goes in on a lot of goalies. It and is, it's one, one, there was one Mendy moment that I thought about that. I was like, Oh, that's a goal. Any other goalkeeper it's Aguero is on the right side, on the left side of the goal. He's in that, the Silva spot, the Silva office, and he chips it over the top. And yeah. this Gabby's there. Jesus is there, but Mendy's six, seven. He just, grabs it i was like yeah, oh yeah. that's any goalkeeper like that was the moment i was like any goalkeeper he's probably one of three guys who gets that ball right yeah and it looked yeah. easy because he's gigantic yep. right but like you know i think about you know a guy like jordan pickford no problem gonna <laughs> yeah. gonna be the goalkeeper for for england uh keppa would have never been even close to that he would have been ducked down it would have won under his legs but the fact that you know, I think Aguero just had in his head the math of like, there's no way he's going to get that thing. It was like yeah. seven feet in the air and he just grabbed it. So it was just mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, fuck. But there was like mm-hmm. half a, you know, a hand, a handful of moments like that. I think Foden in the second half was a little bit better. He tried to take the game on, but Conte ate him. <laughs> yeah, he had one or two chances. And the thing about, I, I want to highlight Phil Foden again. I love him. You love him. Uh, I love him for different reasons. He's one of my like, I've traded up for him in the first round this year. I fucking love Phil Foden uh, in fantasy, but he, um, he looked like he was trying to be De Bruyne when he left. Right. He had the most, but that, but that was his role. That's what he should have been doing. No, no, I, I, I get it. But like everybody on the, it was like watching like the rookie in like a cop drama when like the captain is like gets shot and everybody's like, Oh, what the fuck are we going to do now? And it's yeah. like, here comes the kid. All right, get him in there. Go get him to fucking yeah. throw some shit at them. 
Like he was trying to galvanize the squad and, and that, that hurt my heart to see him fail doing that. Yeah. Um, not, it, not that this was on him by any stretch of the imagination, but um, you know, we both have a lot of Phil, Phil Foden love on this show. So it's just, we, um, we you know, we, we just have to, and then after that, I have to, so part of the narrative is after that, I came home, I took it easy. And then I, uh, I went to the San Diego loyal game <laughs> at the, yes. uh, at yeah. the Jenny Craig pavilion uh usl <laughs> i'm serious that's the name of where the stadium is the torero i believe stadium. it i just that's funny to me uh and it was fun i went with my best friend nancy we had a good time we had dinner i saw goals scored live by real team with real fans and ultras and i reminded was reminded about the greatness of football just it was super fucking fun and breathless live in you know if the mls is the equal to division one in england this is <laughs> this is the national league this is as low as it goes right. uh mm-hmm. for, it's the best professional league we have but uh that's not mls and it's you know landon donovan's team he wasn't there that's why we won uh because he had a he got suspended uh so that was great and that sort of picked up my whole week i was like ah and then i watched uh my friend uh the best city uh youtuber uh esteemed company Stephen mcinerney who you know really summed it up as a as a guy from Manchester, as a guy who was able to be on the ground and be at the game and really give the feeling. And a lot of stuff I said was was what he said, but just to give like he was you know to give the father and son piece right, like where he watched the game with his dad and his dad is a is a is an usher at at the Etihad and and they talk about ninety nine and all that stuff. So to get that that long term perspective, but he said the same thing I thought was just like what the fuck was Pep doing? Yeah. But because it could have won, it sucks. Like they could have won, or at least go down the way you're supposed to. Yep. Um, and then I, and then uh, oh, the other piece that that made me happy was um, my friends in Brentford. <laughs> yeah. So you were my talking friend, about the friends, USL. I think that's a perfect. Friend, uh, yeah. That's a perfect segue, right? So so I'll let you take the floor here, but let me set it up. Um, the promotion final, the most valuable game in sports, two hundred and fifteen million dollars. Two hundred fifty million dollars every in the whole year in the entire world, the most valuable game, right? So yeah. it comes down to third versus sixth, fourth versus fifth. The winners of those play one game at Wembley and the winner gets the last spot into promotion into the Premier League. Right, the playoffs uh, are, home, are, are, are home and away. And then the two, two. if you win on aggregate, then you go play at Wembley. And there's, it goes three levels down. The, the, the League Two plays at Wembley. You know, there's a right. national league at Wembley. So the national stadium becomes where the teams that are still part of the traditional English football league do their promotion and relegation rate. Yeah, yeah. You remember and from so, if you remember from the Super League, the Premier League is actually a breakaway league that's somewhat still tied. It allows pro rel, but I'm sure if they had their druthers, they'd be like, let's not do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so Brentford, if we were talking about building, have been building. Yeah. Uh, they have three years of playoff heartbreak uh, in a row. Last season, they should have done been an automatic promotion. They missed it. Then in the playoffs, they got beat. Uh, pretty badly they just didn't show up uh, that was with uh, with Ollie Watkins and um, and and uh, a couple other guys one at West Ham and one stayed anyway I don't remember the other guy's name but uh, they played well they went in Ivan Tony who I've been talking about scored a penalty in the fir- in the first 10 minutes and they just dominated your friend's team Swansea they just outclassed them they, they did just, they were just better like in every way, shape, and form. Then Swansea did something stupid down two nil. The guy just, just two foots a guy. <laughs> There's well, there should have been two red cards. Yeah. In the first half. Yeah, and they, they let them one. On they either. do let them play. And then they the got one. They do. Yeah, let and them then they play. got one in the second half. So, yeah. 
Um, it's yeah, very as soon English. as that was over. So it did seem like Swansea were were pushing to get back in the game early in the second half. They get it. the red card, it, and they're and they're done. Some version of an IU. I don't. I think they like the killy the killer bees from WWF old school. It was Br- jumping Jim Brunzel <laughs> or B Brian Blair. I'm not sure which one it was, but nice I think it was reference. Jordan. <laughs> it was Jordan IU uh, or Andre IU. Some IU was there. Yeah. Uh, and they just never really had a chance to Swans, but that's big for them because that's the last year of their parachute payments since they left the Premier League. So they're going to be hurting. Bournemouth will be hurting. You know, they had a chance uh, uh, that Brentford put out, but Brentford have been building and building, like we were talking about, gone through the scars, gone through the pain. They're owned by a super duper, and this team is, you want to talk about analytics up to the gills. They're owned by a professional gambler who is like, you know what? Gambling's not that great. I'll just sell all the data on what you need to gamble. So he has an analytics company. Uh, He owns Micheland, which is in Denmark. So there's a lot of Danish connection to the team, which is secretly German, which is secretly English. So it's all culturally connected. But it's good to see Brentford because they've been building. And when I lived in London many years ago, 30 years ago, 25 years ago, Brentford was the closest to where I lived. And of course, I was told, don't go there. You'll get killed. Because it famously, Griffith Park has a pub in every corner of the stadium. (laughs) beautiful they have a new stadium that their fans have not been in yet uh 17,000 and you know they're promoted it's they're one of these teams it's gonna it's getting really weird that there's a lot of well-run well-intentioned fiscally sound teams joining a premier league you know you have Norwich that goes up and down but at least they're like stay the course we're doing this the right way you've got Mm -hmm. you know you now you've got Brentford same kind of thing uh, Aston Villa, very rich owners, have a good team. So somebody really good that we like, an old friend, might drop out. And, you know, you sort of get the sense Newcastle's just hanging on by a fucking thread before yeah. someone oh, yeah. just really kicks them in the dick. And, you know, a Callum Wilson injury, if one of those, if, if Maximum or, or Callum Wilson hadn't come back, they would have gone, right? Those guys got oh, yeah. saved. Uh, so the teams that are being poorly run but are living on name, are really on a thread. And I think Burnley's probably there. I worry Palace. Palace Palace is really in trouble. Like this, this, this managerial appointment is a big deal. And then I think about my guys in Brighton, they're well run doing the right thing, but they need things to go right. Like they can't lose Basuma and not replace him. And the thing that I think is that, you know, you have well-intentioned, it's a great way to put it right. Well-intentioned teams that are joining the league and, and raising the bar, the floor and more than anything raising the floor, but also the, the percentage of teams and the percentage of the amount of play that'll be negative football. Like we talked about the goes dark arts a little bit less goes down a little bit more every time. Yep. And in doing so, is that frankly a way to finish 16th and 17th in the premier league? Yes, it is in the old way, but the more it becomes about, no, 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 we're on the front foot. We're going to attack. We're going to go win some games. We talked about it a lot on this show in, in the first season of the Sweaky Bum Time podcast that <laughs> um, for every time you, you eke out a draw, if you once every three games just muscled out a win, it's the same, same output. Yeah. Those so you, three draws. I'd rather have the win. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. um, it's not sabermetric so genius, right? It's like, Go try and win the fucking game. Go get well. Go get three points instead of one. It's yeah. It's, oh, the it's the irony of the irony of that for for Brighton was they led the league in draws. 
because they would yeah, yeah trying yeah. to score goals and give up right goals, right? right they had bad um, draws if, if, on the flip side right okay and so but you, do fine, need, but so you do need a balance right you do need to be able to do both certainly. and hang on to things but in doing so you know you've got well you know we're worried for brighton you know we should be because now they're not the the only bell at the ball right there's a lot of yeah teams they're going to be teams that are going to come and play yeah, yeah. Sure. and uh, i think and, and to take a step back i think it is a 10-year project on the influence of that 2008 to 2012 Barcelona team. It's Pep. It's this, the level of managerial excellence in the Premier League is so high that guys like Sean Dyche, either they get really good at being defensive. Right. Or they're just going to be left behind, right? Right. You've got to... The, the the level of play in the Premier League makes the shit teams really good, right? Because yes. if you fuck around, you'll just get beat, right? So they do the, – the league, it, it's in really good shape. Like, I I don't see this cycle kind of ending. Like, it feels like La Liga has been left behind a little bit. The Bundesliga we talked about with the fucking weird thing where just like, yes, we'll sell your things to fucking Bayern Munich. Why not? You have the money. What are you doing? Right, right. <laughs> right. And then you've got, you know, the French league, which is broken, which isn't broken. It's just has one team that breaks it. Otherwise it's fine. Right. It doesn't have any super teams. It just has PSG. Yep. Italy has a bunch of poorly run, ineptly run, running out of money, has very Italian themed Italian teams doing Italian things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> being like, oh, you guys are corrupt. Oh, that's weird. I didn't think of that. Italy. <laughs> so weird. You guys have been um, corrupt since 420. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but you, you know, we talked a little bit about the bottom half of the table, and and with respect to how Chelsea got kicked on in the second half of the season, the Champions League, you can kind of reinvent yourself on the spot, right? That's mm-hmm. that's different. It's a different animal. You have you a lot of time to, to work. Yeah, you have a lot of time to work, and you don't have to play games and results in and out, in and out. And so, looking at the top of the table. It also reflects, right? Like, so City, Liverpool, Leicester City, all in the top five. West Ham went after it this year. Conversely, Chelsea, who did have that ascension towards the end of the season, struggled mightily to get in fourth place. We talked about it a lot a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Spurs, top of the table on Christmas, scratch and claw to finish seventh in the Europa Conference League spot, whatever the fuck that still means. Enjoy. And so that's the, <laughs> the, yeah, that's the, the difference is that, it, it's the trickle down effect from the top on down. It's not just the, we're trying to, you know, keep our heads above water here. Like the, you know, the wolves and the villas and whatever leads, like we talked about, comes in ninth. So good. Right. So, so good. there's a they, lot they of may, they're gonna They're going to get, they're going to get plucked though. They're going to have to rely on Bielsa doing oh, something. Certainly, but, but I'm not talking about them specifically. What I'm saying in the, in the greater scheme of things, they are a cog in the machine. That is a well-oiled machine that is moving aggressively forward. And and with the, the with them is the tide, whereas the Burnleys, the Newcastles, they got a lot of they got a, they have a decision to make. Basically, they have a, an identity crisis at their fingertips. Burnley's not going to change. Newcastle, when they fire Steve Bruce, maybe they'll change. I don't know, um, but it's a question of if you are going to be a negative football team, you better be. Like you said you better be fucking good at it, you or you be, are. Yeah, you better be. You better be Simeone. You better be. Right. You, you better have Unai Emery back there. You better have a yep. really, you better have Rafa Benitez. You better have like a, yeah, I know what I'm doing, but I also know we still play football. You can't just be hoofing it and kicking guys in the teeth. Right. Uh, yeah. The league is, you know, we're losing West Brom and Sheffield, super defensive teams. 
especially under Allardyce. And we're getting Norwich, who we saw just get the doors blown off them, but played every they they didn't week. stop. Right. And we're getting we're getting Brentford, who's a team that wants to play too. And you know, we're getting Watford, who I think will probably be more pragmatic. But when they sit back, City blows them out. They scored, I think, 15 goals in the two games. Yeah, they did. They did. So there's I mean, and that's that's really the end of the season. And now we sort of transition into international tournaments. I think there's some South American jazz going on. There's there's player movement. There's uh the English national team squad, uh the French national team squad. I mean, we'll we'll watch movement. it, we'll be into it. Um uh already movement, uh Sergio Aguero kicking kicking a ball in a Barcelona shirt was it was too that's strange. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It was way, um, way, it was way too soon. I'm like, that's totally a makeup call. Like, hey, he could have just kept Luis Suarez and won the fucking league. You guys, oh, yeah. oh, he has a bad knee. Guess what? So does Sergio Aguero. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like uh, let's let's do a quick roundabout on the coaching carousel because oh, there was God. news today. Um, so the the latest was that uh, uh, Real Madrid had lost Zidane. Uh, and Inter had lost Antonio Conte. Both are free agents. Both still are free agents, but the Real Madrid job has been taken by Everton's or formerly Everton's Carlo Ancelotti. Going he back. jumped ship from the side. He's going back to Madrid. Can you um, imagine? You finish 10th at Everton and you get to go back to Real. What? Everton's yeah. laughing. They're like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. He said, you know what? This shit's too hard. <laughs> he literally did. Uh, and so that makes, that makes Everton an interesting spot. For my guy, my guy Potter, come on. I actually said that today. I said that to my brother. uh, And I think that 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 would make a lot of sense to me. Um, But I'm curious to see what they do and and what what direction they go in. Um, Everton is one of these weird, where one of these weird clubs that's kind of, it's, it's big. It's just part of the narrative. They've never been relegated. Uh, They've been in, they're part of the Premier League. They're just part of the show. They're talking Gerard. There's no way Gerard can. Oh go to God, him. that's he won't. He won't do it. That's but it is. Blasphemy. It is Liverpool. Hey, listen. Fuck oh, it. Oh man. Hey, Jamie Carragher was a Everton fan. He played for Liverpool for 18 years. It can be yeah, done. yeah, yeah. Uh, but on that scale, it's a little different. I think. Uh, no I like. Blame him. I like uh, Nuno Espirito Santo for that job. For that I role, yeah. Great. Uh, I've heard I he's think, talking to Crystal Palace. I think he wants I to go home. I think he's done. Portugal. Because I think the the pandemic thing is just like dudes haven't been home at yeah. all. Yeah, that's so true. I think there's that. Yeah, I mean the Wolves' job is an interesting job. I'd like to see a, a younger sort of sprightly guy. I don't know who goes there. Uh, Everton job, not Wolves. Oh wait, well, Wolves, Wolves, Wolves. Sorry, Wolves that's right. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Wolves, Crystal Palace. Uh, Wol- so let's see. Let's go from top to bottom. Yeah, it's it's Everton, Wolves, Crystal Palace. Are the only job and Spurs are the ones that are open. Yeah, Spurs. I don't even think about Spurs. Well, you're. <laughs> I try not to. There's news. There's news. Well, well there's sort of news. Um, you're, you're, you willed it to happen. I I have been just you know willing it into existence and speaking it into into the world. Um, I was watching uh my friend Chris Cowan, who's one of the big uh, Tottenham YouTubers. He had Fabrizio Romano on his show this afternoon. Uh, and he gave a lot of insight. Eric Ten Hag, probably not uh, likely to be uh, really considered. Conte is a thought, um, but it's less likely that he would succeed at Spurs given the financial limitations for one reason or another. Um, but the uh, it's funny that like the way that they kind of modeled the uh, 
the, shall we say, uh, searching candidate profile, they basically drew a silhouette of Mauricio Pochettino and said, okay, let's go get a guy like that. And then they're like, you know, let's, let's give him a call. Let's just make sure that we can rule him out before we do anything. And so effectively Pochettino is not getting on swimmingly in Paris. Um, and the rumor is, is effectively they're going to make him be the bad guy and say, listen, I want to leave. Uh, and there are conflicting reports that say he has gone ahead and done that PSG have, have refuted it. But the way that I read it is PSG are refuting it so that he has to come out and audibly say for everyone to hear, I'm going back. I'm going back to North London. He still has a house. He actually lives in North London right now in the off season. So he was living in a hotel the whole time in Paris. Yeah, isn't his boy um, at Watford? His son, yes, his son is at yeah. Watford. His son was in at, at the Spurs Youth Academy. He left to go to Watford after he left. Um, but yeah, so that's the interesting thing that there is a lot of hope. There are still a lot of uh, obstacles and hurdles in the way. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, be, I mean, I think uh, it would be fingers and toes crossed. I mean, it's a great, it's a great narrative to spin for the news people to sell stories. It's it's a get out of jail free card for Levy for now. But the the thing, the thing is, it has to be different. It has to change. Yeah, they can't roll back. They can't have transfer windows with no players. Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't think, I don't expect them to do that. He the, said foolishly, but the, the, um, thing, the thing is, though, the if, if Levy is smart and he can convince whoever the fucking guy in the Cayman Islands is, is like, if there was ever a season to get deals that you could flip later, yeah, it's this season. Yeah. If someone says to you, here's a loan for $150 million, You'll get it back. I promise. This is the season to grab players on the cheap because you're going to get guys um, for 70 cents on the dollar. Like a, a Romalo Lukaku, the, the, the wheels are going to turn and he's going to be $40 million or maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe, but nonetheless, um, I don't disagree with that at all. My and, and I don't even think he would have that much problem getting the funds, whether it be through auxiliary player sales they're going to sell Sissoko they're going to sell maybe Toby they're maybe going to sell Eric Dyer they're going to get shit so for those guys no they'll get they'll get 50 million between the three of them I promise okay. and so that's the Sissoko's in the French squad I couldn't believe it but anyway but but the point is you're going to be able to have a, what they operate on and have operated on for a while is more or less a net even transaction right um so if you're going to you're going to spend 60 you're going to sell and get and acquire reacquire 50 55 and you'll mm-hmm. come out basically out of the wash even um the problem i have is and i've said it on the show before is who are you going to buy right that's the problem the player recruitment has often has long been the problem at spurs and oh you get the uh, wrong guys. as much as the money yeah, yeah. Right, right. so so that's my i mean we paid okay we paid more for musa sissoko than Chelsea did for Ngolo Conte. Well, what everyone, the fuck? Every, because everyone did, right? The yeah. story of Wenger. But he came off of the last Wenger, Wenger buying uh, Granite Shaka instead of instead of uh, instead of in, instead of Ngolo Conte. It's a classic behavioral economics problem. Here's a tiny yeah, little yeah. guy who doesn't talk, who's five foot five, and literally looks like a pygmy. Who, if it was in the fifties, they'd have him in a grass skirt with a bone in his nose, carrying things for the expedition of Mister Leaky, and they wouldn't really have to do anything. He would just be the guy carrying a fucking, uh, you know, the packs. He literally yeah. looks like that, and that's—I yeah. mean, well, like if his teeth were sharpened, I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm making more stereotypes than I could possibly dig out of, but he does look like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
but he's so incredible. yeah and oh and another a last point on on Conte is one of the guys on the podcast I listened to was just like his personality reflects how he plays like you can't do what he does without having that kind of like super duper sacrificial quiet I just do what I do right because yeah. another player wants to be on the ball and have the glory and he's just like nope I'm just gonna do everything that you can do the best without actually having the ball and he's okay mm-hmm. on the ball right he does carry the ball forward he makes the right mm-hmm. passes he's not like uh if you if you remember um uh Makaleli, who would just annihilate people and then just kick the ball uh, he literally created a role it's Conte's role um the Makaleli role but he would just annihilate someone and just push it off to the side right you can't get away with that anymore you've got to be able to be more dynamic so then you have this mm-hmm. these two types you've got the Rodri type who's more slick on the ball but not as brutal then you've got like super duper brutal fucking Lee Catamol destroyers of souls Jaka. Jaka, but he sucks. He's not even good at it. He sucks. He just gets red cards instead of yeah, being yeah. good. And then you have this perfect mix of this tiny little bundle of happy joy of Ingola Conte. They're gonna win the fucking Euro, and no one's and everyone's gonna talk about oh Pogba is great. When everyone who knows football is like it's Conte. Conte is why they yeah. can win. Conte is why Pogba's fine with France because he can fuck up and he allows try and him do it. to do what he wants. Right. Oh, he did this Cruyff turn and he lost it. Oh, but Conte was right behind him to steal the ball back. Oh, well, there you go. It, whereas in, mm-hmm. in, in, in man United that happens and the guys are breaking the other way and Pogba's jogging back on. Damn. What happened there? <laughs> anyway, that was there anything else we needed to talk about? We talked about Brentford. We talked about managers. We talked about city. We're going to go to once a week and we're we going to we figure the out Euros. what we're going to do. Yeah, we got to figure out what we're going to do for the offseason. We're going to change some things up. Yeah. Um, we appreciate everybody joining our Facebook group. We we love all of you very much. Yeah, uh, and good. and talk to us. Tell us what you want to know because we're happy to to you know change things up. We're gonna we're gonna be on the fly this summer, um, trying some new things. And and then when the when the new season gets back into you know into play, we're gonna do a, a legit season preview. And that's gonna kick off the actual in earnest, I think, season two of the Squeaky Bum Time podcast. And um, there's gonna be some some segments some running <laughs> jokes and running things. And, and so we learned a hell of a lot the past, what, almost nine months or so. Uh, and so we're going to take all of those learnings, all of that experience that we've got, and we're going to, we're going to make the show a heck of a lot more fun uh, and inclusive and have everybody involved. And, and we, uh, we see you out there and we are enjoying not having woke, you. Not woke inclusive, just inclusive. No, no. Like inclusive. Like tell us what oh, you think. Oh, and okay. We, not, not that kind of inclusive. No, we're no, not, I know. We're it's not true. doing diversity. We're not doing diversity flags. Are we? No. <laughs> Cause it is a podcast. We do have to be middle-class white guys. Otherwise yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Who, who does podcasts? Like what the fuck is weird? <laughs> All right, take us home, Laurent. Okay, that was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast on Champions League final sad day with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We release uh, episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, except this one is those on Tuesday, and we probably won't do one on Thursday. Please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast network as it makes a huge difference for the show, and we are proud members of the Chop Network. And please join our Facebook group at the Squeaky Bum Time podcast. Podcast.